твій сон не скінчиться ніколи. Ти будеш одна, твій портрет завбільшки з долоню, розтане між хмар, між дивних людей. Morozov with Oh My Dear Ukraine opening up our program for this week. Dobry den, i vitaju vas vsih dorhi radio suhachi na radio programu Nash Holos, a radio Nashaho Korinya, na radio stansi CHLY, stojdeni sim FM umisti nanaimo. Primikrofoni, Pavlina, i razom zimnoju, sihodni je Oksana. Vitaju vas. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio coming to you on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm Pavlina and with me, as you heard, is Oksana. And uh, we've got a little bit of a different program coming up for you today. We'll be together for this next 90 minutes and uh, starting next week, we'll be together for two hours. So stay tuned for a different program. Oksana, what is what do you have planned? We have lots of things uh, with the situation having been very different from this time a week ago. So what uh, what have you got in store for us in this next 90 minutes? We will talk about the uh, situation in Ukraine a little bit, what we hear from our relatives. Also, we, we will try to show how Ukrainians here try to uh, support. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, several meetings here on the island, and uh, uh, I will invite you to listen. And uh, also, we 
already had conference, uh, online conference in Vancouver with uh, organization Maple Hope Foundation. Uh, Svetlana Kaminko organized that meeting where all volunteers who already did volunteering and who wants to volunteer, they uh, met together and talk about uh, different ways how to help Ukraine now. Great. Okay. And uh, also, uh, we've got uh, an interview with Jean Berezovsky of Ukraine War Amps. And uh, we'll find other items of interest, depending on how much time we have. Uh, We have a lot lot to say. So it'll be mostly spoken word in uh, this program. And uh, we'll pop in a few tunes for you as well. So stay tuned for that. Coming up next, we will have another song for you. And this is um, a song that Oksana found for us. Uh, Oksana, this is that Abigail from Vancouver. Tell us a little bit about her. This uh, this is young girl. She is a school teenager. She uh, studies at Vancouver School. Abigail Avramenko. So nice. Uh, we planned uh, to, make, to make interview with her. Mm-hmm. And one day we will do, of course. And now I would like to introduce a new song. Also, you can find this song on YouTube. And the song is called My Ukrainian Dream. My Ukrainian Thank you. 
So, of course, everybody has been hearing on the news, it's all you hear on the news, it seems, uh, that Russia has waged, is waging a full-scale invasion. Now, a week ago, they went in and they've been bombing and shelling and killing people ever since. Of course, this is an unprovoked war. There's That could be a controversial statement for some people. If you take into account the fact that Ukraine has never had expansionist ambitions, they have never, ever encroached on anyone else's sovereign borders, but Russia has encroached on Ukraine. So we here at Nasholus take the position that Russia is the aggressor, and so there is nothing much more to be said. Ukraine is under siege. Ukraine is being attacked, and people are dying. This is not a game. This is not something on your just on your computer screens. I'm worried sick myself. I have friends there and I worry every day. I just, it's, it's unspeakable, but that's me, Oksana, who has been with us here on Nashola since 2016, has family there. You have father, you have a sister, right, Oksana? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I have a lot of cousins and uncles and aunts. Yes. In different parts. Yeah. And your husband as well has uh, relatives Closer to where the where the fighting began in around mm-hmm. Kiev. Yes, yes, yes. It's uh, uh, yeah. His sister and uh, her family, they live uh, near Kiev, Bilatserkwa. My cousins uh, and her family lives in Kiev, and even cousin stays there because her sons fighting, and uh, they fighting uh, one in army and another one in a uh, territory defense called Ter Oborona, where people like civils people uh, signed for that to protect the city, to right. uh, look for uh, different diversions, to protect from explosive things, from uh, explosive bombs. Right. Some even could be found on uh, parks. Grenades and things like yes. that. Uh, and also... At night, people are not allowed to be outside. So only who works in uh, territory defense called Teroborona, they are allowed to be outside and looked for all suspicious uh, activities. Yeah. Uh, because uh, no lights in city, completely dark, absolutely no lights allowed. Oh, really? Yes. And... Uh, it was said that found some kind of signs, luminescent signs on the roofs and on the streets. Oh, right. They are visible for uh, aircrafts. 
It's like uh, the targets for target, bombing. A target, yes. yeah. And also they just search everyone for these signs and try to clean or hide some somehow. It was even a joke. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. Okay, it's very uh, like hard situation, but Ukrainians always can find jokes. Uh, you know, everywhere, of course, there are drug dealers. Mm-hmm. And uh, drug dealers in Ukraine put uh, some signs on the roads or special places. And now people, it's jokes. Like senior women, mm-hmm. they don't understand what sign they have to cover and paint it or clean. Okay. So they cleaned all signs, even drug dealer signs. <laughs> That's another one joke. So silver lining to every dark cloud. <laughs> you were saying that... Um, you mentioned there's a curfew now for people. You also mentioned we spoke a few days ago uh, after everything started and all hell broke loose, and you said that people are afraid to leave their homes because of, of looting. People would break into people's homes and... and oh, yes. Yeah, of, it's ever, again, it's everywhere. It's nothing specific to some country or another country. I think it's everywhere. In war that happens. Uh, yes, Pe- it's empty homes without proper watching. They are very vulnerable. Yeah. In many cities, especially in big ones, there are a lot of people who came from Russia because war didn't happen one day. It was prepared much, much before. So a uh, special last couple months for sending more people inside the societies. You mean like sort of like spies or infiltrators? Or? Uh, yes, a second one, not spies. Spies too, spies were, were working much before, of course. Right. But uh, yes, just Russian army, it's not just they came, they crossed the border. They invited much, much before. Mm-hmm. They kind of civil peoples who yeah. try to find all locations, make all maps. To give to, to the Russian army yes, so they yes, could... Yes, because oh, it was planned kind of called... Blitzkrieg to end the war like for one, two days. Right. Just destroy completely. It didn't happen. But these people still are there. And of course, maybe in Ukrainians who are not very patriotic, a lot of people everywhere can uh, just steal and destroy properties. Just just general chaos. Just, yeah. Yes, yeah. and chaos that's uh, everywhere. It's not something unique it's typical so yes people from territorial defense they look also and every building have schedule for people who live in the building especially for men they have to stay awake uh, like one hour or two hours and they walk on the stairs patrol elevators control yes all doors try to be closed at night and these these men are walking and trying to control. They also go into the roof to see if any suspicious yeah. things. And even in the west part, like in Ternopil, they said... That's where your family's from? Yes. Yeah. And my dad there. They found also some suspicious. So even what they do, they look for papers in doors, like uh, kind of notes. It's, it's typical in Ukraine when you come to someone's home and nobody is there. So to leave some, to write some notes and put in like a door. Right. And the next day they all like walk and see what the notes, because they say don't leave any notes over day. Right. Because 
It means nobody lives there. Oh, wow. Do you know anybody whose homes were looted? I heard close? about uh, from my friends in Lviv region, oh. in small towns. Really, small mm-hmm. towns, that's mm-hmm. sad. Your dad is in Ternopol and your sister as well? My sister lives in a Lviv region, in, okay. in a village. In a village? In a village. Okay. In, in the rural area, they came from U.S. last year. Oh. They decided to live in Ukraine and do farming, especially bees, bees farming. Oh, beekeeping? Beekeeping, oh. yes. They cannot live now, not because they don't... Yes, they don't want, of course, this one. Uh, reason, another reason is we have a lot of senior relatives and... They need some care, so they so the, have to stay. To take care of their relatives, the mm-hmm. elderly relatives, mm-hmm. yeah. And you sent a picture that, that your daughter received from one of her friends in Kiev about a bomb shelter. Again, this bomb shelters might be uh, looked like something underground. Like a bunker. Spaces, yeah. uh, but most, most not. This is kind of root cellar. And a very limited space. I heard one relatives. They said cannot even sit there. We have oh. to stay f- like for hours. It's very cold there. Not heating. Oh my! Uh, good ones. People prepare it with electric heating if electricity available or sleeping bags like winter sleeping bags. Wearing mm-hmm. very warm clothes because it, they stay for hours. Depends on the city. Right. In Kiev, they stay most time. Yeah. There in my city in Ternopil, several times, mostly at night. So not nice to wake up mid of the night and go. My dad here he follows all rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, other relatives they live on fifth floor. They don't have the shelter in their building, so they have to go to neighborhood. Oh. And they don't do. That. They just stay in their just, just stay in their apartment. Stay so if a bomb hit, they w- they would. Yeah, oh God! We just hope uh, Ternopil is not big target. Uh, yeah. because it's oof. it's kind of off the beaten track. It's yeah, off. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh well, we'll pray for them, but pray for all the people in harm's way. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad your family is okay. That's not uh, not my family, my uh, second cousin family, my dad brother actually cousin and his uh, family they live close to Luhansk uh, maybe you heard the name of the city Shchastya what was destroyed almost like 80% completely, completely destroyed they yeah. live nearby oh. village and they have root cellar that's a small town Shchastya it, it's crazy big target for uh, all Russian I don't know why, maybe because it's on the main road. It was a big target eight years ago, too. And that time they lived months they on li- the root cellars, underground. Mm-hmm. For months, on really? Several months, yes. It's just time to time they went out to take some food, but they had vegetables there so yeah. because they have farm. Right. Not big farm, but just, just farm. Yeah. And they didn't want to leave. They said... Because they have livestock, they say, "Where what we will do with livestock?" Yeah, uh, just they just like to live there, and, so they'll and stay. at that time they adjusted to live that situation. And now I don't know how they because I tried to talk about them with my dad, and he said, "Try don't call them." 
because it might might be um, recognized by Russian where they are. So they, they try to be like out of connection. Right. They, so I don't know how they are now. So people can't even reach out to these people. They're they all alone. They first two days and uh, after much more hard bombing, they didn't call more. If if they're alive, then they're... I, they, I hope they're yeah. alive. Yeah, but... But who knows, right? Who knows? That's the problem with mm-hmm. the situation right now, really. Who knows? So you're just kind of, I guess, hanging on by a thread from day to day, mm-hmm. getting communications from whoever. It's terrible that it's not safe to try and communicate with somebody now. That's... In most part, that's fine. But that part, because it's very close to border and in yeah. uh, village, it's not protected. Villages not protected. Big yeah. cities, even they big targets and high, uh, heavy fights there, they kind of protect it. Well, you've got the you said the Oberona, the the basically patriotic defense in in big cities, right? That yes. Yes. And these are the ones you're talking. They put, they patrol and they control things, and yes, they yes, yes. they basically keep people yes. safe. Yes, they try to keep all like seniors and uh, mom with kids, yeah. with childrens. They try yeah. to keep protected. Right. Teenagers. My friend's daughter. She's sixteen. So from sixteen, and uh, my teacher, my school teacher. So he is about seventy three, seventy four, I think. Yeah. And he's, he's also- helping too. Yeah. Uh, women with kids, they try to organize like food mm-hmm. because if they stay most time in shelters, they don't have enough food. They have mm-hmm. maybe limited time to go out to their uh, apartments and yeah. prepare something because it's school time. Another just keep kids busy yeah. studying, playing. Yeah. yeah. And the most scared. People said the sound. They said it's just break heads, the sound. Aww. They said everything we already adjust, like six days, they already adjust to everything, but not not to sound. The sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for things like food and uh, medicines in particular. Medicine, yeah. because these people uh, who patrol roads and buildings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very cold there. People didn't adjust to be outside in the cold yeah. too long. Yeah. Because, you know, they well, moved to jobs, yeah. shops, just short period, maybe one hour. Then, yeah. So that they have warm clothes, but not like as army warm clothes. But they have to stay hours now at night, especially. Yeah. It, it's very cold, yes, and they getting sick very quick. Sure, and, sure. And What's... of course, if like stress... Oh yeah, not good with stomach, and yeah. maybe they drink not very like clean water, or maybe food yeah. not very clean. Well, and yeah, well, they wouldn't be eating regular meals. Even even you're not because yeah. you're also, stressed. Also, no medical help. People cannot get to the doctors, and of course, uh, that's that's problem too. Yeah, so the city is under siege. Are businesses like grocery stores depends on city? Yeah, uh, like in Ternopil. They reduce their work hours, but they still work. Yeah. And people uh, who can work from home, they yeah. work from home. Even some, I heard, they go to the office. Yeah. I don't know about Ternopil how much business didn't work, but like in Kiev, I think most don't work. Yeah. They're just hunkering down, staying alive. Yeah. 
What about things like transport trucks? Again, transportation. Only people who are refugees inside the country, they have like special train ride or they cannot drive uh, freely if they want because first it's dangerous. Right. And second one, a lot of uh, patrols. Yeah. The same, territory defense. They stay and stop everyone and check documents and if they have any suspicious, any they take these people to police and uh, check for more information. And that's uh, how they try to catch uh, people with not good intentions, yes. especially Russians. They have fake passports, not mm. Ukrainian passports, not Ukrainian citizens, but from another country, it's not from Russia. And really? when they uh, took these people to police and check all information, they discovered this is actually they from Russia. Wow. So That's, uh, people also these people like normal citizens they are scared. That's you have to understand because it's a for situation, and people under the so hard stress they can be very aggressive. Uh, sure, not everyone prepared to be a strong mentally, so that's not very safe to to drive. Yeah, and also um, the same, even the like. Second day or third day, a lot of refugees from the east and south part, mm-hmm. they moved to Chernobyl and they said the main roads were destroyed. So oh. they used like small roads yeah. from villages. Yeah. It took a long time too. Yeah. No buses. Uh, yeah. For example, in Chernobyl, there are no buses more, only trolley, trolley bus, like train, electric trains. Right. Uh, because all buses were taken to defense. Right. Oh, to to transport the mm-hmm. defenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oksana, my heart's breaking for for you and for all the people who have relatives in Ukraine and for all the people in Ukraine. Вислухайте радіо програму Наш голос Радіо Українського Коріння на радіостанції CHLY 101.7 FM у місті Нанаймо. При мікрофоні Павліна і Оксана. You're listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. With me is Oksana Poparezhnik, and I'm Pavlina. Ukraine War Amps was founded in 2014 by two caring Canadians concerned about the well-being and lack of treatment for Ukrainian soldiers injured while defending their country against Russian aggression. 
John Broadhead and Jean Berezovsky co-founded Ukraine War Amps in Toronto in 2014. John is a third-generation Canadian of Irish descent whose father was a war amputee from World War II. Jean is a Ukrainian-Canadian originally from Kiev. John and Jean have worked together at a tech company called Gesture Tech for over a decade now. They started Ukraine War Amps after Jean spent a couple of months helping the Donbass Battalion. This interview was recorded on Monday, February 21st, and at that point we had no idea what would happen two days later. A few things have changed, obviously, since this recording. One of them is that Ukraine War Amps has a new program called Save Ukraine, and this is uh, another fundraiser to help not only veterans and their families, but also current defenders of Ukraine, soldiers of Ukraine, and civilians affected by Russia's military aggression. So welcome back to the show, Gene. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Gene, for the benefit of listeners who are new and are not familiar with Ukraine War Amps, would you give a quick overview of your organization and uh, what you've been doing since 2014? You know, I would uh, um, say uh, briefly that we are kind of social services for our wounded heroes, for those Ukrainians who stood up for their motherland starting in 2014. Mm-hmm. And we basically a worldwide community of people who cares about Ukrainian veterans, about wounded soldiers in this war. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are helping hand to these guys, to their families, to families of uh, fallen heroes and children of war. So what you've been doing is stepping in. Uh, as government kind of, I guess, can provide basic, um, but they don't. governments don't care about people like you do. And also they don't want to spend as much money as really is needed. What are what are some of the things that, that you've been doing specifically to help these wounded heroes? You know, we provide them, we, we pay off their rehabilitation bills. Mm. We provide the, the money for treatment and medicine or even food. You know, for the winter holidays, we actually ship down uh, parcels of food for about 20 veterans. And around 20 veterans got parcels with uh, clothes. So, mm. we, yeah, actually, when we ship, ship this stuff, we consider veteran and uh, his entire family. So mm. we're trying to be up to date to see if, uh, if there are any kids or et cetera. So we actually looking into entire family because they are in charge of uh, not only themselves and uh, it's not only about them it's right. about kids about you know the family and uh, you know how family is important for everyone of sure. us and when we support a veteran it's uh, often guys who had family before was started mm-hmm. and uh, you know never able to hold his kids in his hands because there is no hand yeah. there are no hands anymore yeah. There are guys who actually started family after the war began uh, oh, and uh-huh. uh, people who not never going to see their wives or kids just because they're blind. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. the veterans, yeah? yeah? So family is uh, is crucial and very important. Those veterans who have families, they have actually better chances to survive as well, yeah. Right, sure, yeah. Yeah, 
So speaking of the Ukrainian family on a family day, it's, it's very symbolic. Mm-hmm. And uh, helping our veterans, we actually, yeah, we, we do more than just uh, help wounded guys. Taking care of uh, his needs, sometimes of uh, his family needs, uh, uh, we taking care of uh, rehabilitation and stuff like that. Yeah. When you say rehabilitation, you, uh, what exactly does that entail? You know, they have uh, rehabilitation centers uh, across Ukraine, and uh, some of them uh, could be sponsored or partially sponsored by government, Mm -hmm. but some are private centers, and you have to pay for yourself, which is, uh, again, uh, if you're thinking of Canada, the amount they pay over there is uh, pretty symbolic. It could be like $1,000, but for somebody uh, wounded uh, without solid income, it's a huge amount. Right, sure. So these are things they go there for PTSD counseling, for physical rehabilitation. Do yeah, they get exactly. Fitted, do exactly. Fit, physical. Mm-hmm. Fitted yep. for prosthetics and things like that? Not necessarily. Yeah, sometimes you need to learn walking from scratch, but mm-hmm. sometimes uh, just learning how to live a um, sort of normal life mm-hmm. as much as possible, how yeah. to move around, how to support themselves. Yeah. And for families, I mean, to have husband or father, brother, son come back so damaged from the war, what you provide to help them, they don't have to worry as much about scrambling to find the money. They can focus on healing. Yeah, this uh, part is very important. Uh, again, luckily for us, all services cheaper there, so it's easier for us sure. uh, to provide them with means of uh, treatment inside Ukraine. It's easier than, sure. let's say, uh, pay a flight ticket and uh, mm-hmm. etc. Especially, yeah. especially within the COVID restrictions. It's also, you know, for people back in Ukraine, just to, to see somebody from outside Ukraine trying to help and. That's a big thing. It's even for us here, it's probably hard to imagine. It's next to miracle to them. Oh. And for the past eight years, I would imagine, kind of word is kind of getting around. Ukraine War Amps is, is getting better known in Ukraine. Yeah, we, we are known in Ukraine. You know, it's, uh, there is room for improvement. Sure. Well, your budget would not, I'm sure, cover marketing and promotion. Uh, you have more, more important things to do. Although, I mean, that was something I was going to ask you. If you had more financial resources, what would you like to do with them? What would be your focus? Well, uh, right now we are going through uh, through crisis in Ukraine. Right. And uh, there is a, a bit of a panic. Uh, there is uh, people, you know, lining up to withdraw funds from, from ATM machines. Could be shortage, even um, you know, like a grocery um, shortage or anything like that. So at this point, we may need to concentrate on uh, helping them with basic needs as well, mm-hmm. which is uh, food and uh, medicine. Okay. You had a couple of really great personal one-on-one programs that you started out with in 2014. And of course, it, come 2020, it was a little more difficult because of travel restrictions and, um, you know, sickness. And so people weren't able to travel to Ukraine. You had Adopt a Soldier and 
Yeah, I was a visit a soldier visit too. Visit a soldier, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah visit a soldier. Well, uh, Catherine still uh, went to Ukraine just uh, relatively recently. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Ukraine is more or less open. Well, at least till now. Right. Was. And yeah. Uh, yeah so it's uh, it's actually possible to get there, and uh, yeah, you do have some restrictions and. Just uh, yeah, you know, many people just trying to avoid uh, traveling too much. But our uh, adopt a soldier program is uh, actually great success, and it's been attractive uh, since 2015 to many many Canadians and Americans, Australian mm-hmm. uh, people from New Zealand, uh, Europe, uh, all over the places mm-hmm. to join the program and. You know, Ukrainian as uh, non-Ukrainian communities are attracted to that program because it's something you can feel you mm-hmm. you help a person. Sure. You know, you you help a cause, but you also help particular veteran, and that's I believe uh, make uh, everyone to feel uh, satisfied and a bit happier. Well, it yeah, it it does take some of the. Um it doesn't remove the sorrow, that's impossible. But it does ease the burden on the families, and it does ease the burden on on the soldiers themselves and on the country as well, because there's, um, they don't feel abandoned. They, You feel the love, really, and that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Again, um, as I said, for some of them, it's like a miracle. Yeah. Especially, you know, if you can think of a village in... I don't know, in northern Ontario or wherever. And Vancouver the guy, Island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wounded guy in that village, uh, just to get a call, get uh, get a parcel, get uh, anything, get a greeting or, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. just uh, a Christmas, uh, Merry Christmas greeting from, uh, from abroad, from Canada. And it just, it makes huge difference. And, could you imagine we were helping to Victor Timbaluk from uh, Cherkasu region? He lives in a, in a village uh, not far from uh, Dnipro River. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's um, one leg amputee, living in a, you know, in a little hut uh, on his own. He's alone, no family. Oh. And uh, wheelchair, thanks God, at least he can move around his little house. Every move inside the heart or outside, outdoor for him is a, is a pain, uh, especially as we probably understand, like uh, this place is not really designed for amputees and disabled right. persons. Right. It's not even in Toronto everywhere. Yeah, in Toronto you have some designated spots and subway stations, certain stations with certain mm. limitations. And But if you talk about uh, remote places where the fewer people live in there, Especially in Ukraine during this war, it's out of question. And this guy, uh, and we sending him parcel. We getting in touch with him. We give him fifty dollars monthly basis, and uh, fifty bucks. It's 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 a big money. It's like uh, you know he his income probably up to fifty bucks from uh, from the government, oh. and uh, meaning. We, we double his income, you know, right. with our little little donation, but wow. monthly reliable also reliable. Yeah, we we do it uh, month after month, year after year, 
and uh, now he receives a parcel with uh, with food from us. And the only other uh, person helping him is uh, his sister, who needs to come from a remote village, different village. Oh. So doesn't happen too often. Right. So just uh, just an example of Victor Timbaluk, and you can imagine how important our the fact we know of him and uh, we helping him, how it is important for Ukrainian hero who stood up to defend Ukraine, our Ukraine, right. you know, for us and for himself. Right. And there are many more Victor Symboluks as well, I'm sure, scattered across Ukraine. Um, how many people have died uh, since 2014? Well, you mean uh, uh, official statistics? They but, say about uh, 15,000, but it's not accurate. Yeah, I've heard that it's at least double that. You double or triple, who knows? Also, you know, just recently they say if um, if Russia is uh, going to start war now, British experts expect about uh, five to 10,000 soldiers killed on Ukrainian side, about the same amount on Russian side, and about 50,000 civilians. Oh, yeah, that's they, just what they say now. If Russia going to start anything, that's at least, at least what's going to happen. Oh. Now, uh, yeah, if they going to start uh, the attack or offense. And um, back then, could you imagine Donbass uh, region, the region where war um, actually happening for eight years, got, uh, plus Crimea, got like 10 million people living there. It's a densely populated area. Ten million, it's entire Ontario, I believe. Oh, yeah. Oh. And that war was, uh, that was a real war. Sure. You, some villages and some little towns disappeared. Uh, no people, no buildings. Oh, wow. Yeah, Shirokino. Shirokino is one of the examples. Oh, really? Shirokino city, it's not a city, it's uh, like a village, but it's village for 10,000 people is destroyed completely. 10,000 people village, oh. completely destroyed. The name uh, Shirokina. And no one living there, no building uh, left. How many people, how many civilians survived? How many escaped? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if anyone knows. It just shows you what Russian troops leave, essentially, is, is death and ruin. That's the their speciality. Yeah. So tactics they use scorch, scorch land, yeah, yeah. and uh, they're not leaving anything. And of course, uh, yeah, and there's a propaganda war. I mean, they're accusing Ukraine of doing to them what they're actually doing to Ukraine, which is disgusting, but commonplace, I guess, yeah. in war. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you know that uh, propaganda stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it is. Yeah, it, it's there, and um, I don't know. It's um, it's there, yeah. It's unfortunately that's one of the main uh, weapons they're using right now. Yeah, and and that propaganda based on you know technology often developed in Europe and um, America. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's uh, that's unfortunately, but again, uh, as far as uh, Ukraine war arms is concerned. We are uh, we doing our anti-propaganda stuff, and we run, uh, you know, uh, as a as a social uh, socially responsible team. 
we run a couple of projects, just anti-propaganda project or pro-Ukrainian propaganda project. Everyone can join our Facebook, Ukraine WAMPS group on Facebook. Twice every week, we post famous Ukrainian and uh, a biography of uh, of, of a person, etc. Oh. And uh, we call that project Hall of Fame. Oh. And uh, yeah, right now we're going through Ukrainian painters and uh, we already kind of publishing information on Ukrainian painters for probably about uh, half a year. That just tells you how many famous Ukrainian wow. painters and talented painters we have or had. In wow. Ukraine, and this but is... then we went through musicians and every uh, every aspect of life. So our Hall of Fame is going to be tremendous. Oh. Thousands of famous and talented people going to be there. That's one of the uh, oh, projects great. we're doing just to educate people. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and this is in English, Ukrainian, or both? It's uh, English. Awesome. We are basically conducting mostly uh, everything in English okay. just because we are um, outside of Ukraine sure. and uh, we want to talk to the world. Right, right. Okay, so Facebook is a great place to get this information, to get acquainted with Ukraine and Ukrainian history if you're not um, yet. Uh, and if even if you are, just to keep, be reminded. And it, it's a great um, resource to share with those who... who um, may not know. So that's fantastic. And of course, Facebook also is where you can keep in touch with the the heroes that you help and the families, and they can connect with you there to to donate. And you're taking donations to adopt a soldier, just general donations. Um, Are you looking for volunteers? How can people help? Uh, Always. We're always looking for volunteers. Anyone who want to help, either by sending financial aid or uh, allocating some slot of time to to help us always welcome okay again uh, we we together we we do united we stand that's what we say awesome we we do it for our ukraine yes yeah and uh, a wonderful project that 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 you created uh, 8 years ago and it must be a great as you say give a lot of hope to the people there who i'm sure over these years and probably even more so now feel totally alone so thank you for doing what you do, Jean. Thank you for caring so much, uh, you and John as well, and all the volunteers that are involved, Catherine, Olga Cook, uh, who you mentioned earlier, who's been traveling and, and has done tremendous work, did some work for us here on the show, um, helping out to share some of the stories and to let people know exactly the work that you do on the ground there. So that's f- fantastic. And you can follow Catherine. I'm sure she posts a lot on your page. So, um, that's right. yeah, so you can follow the incredible work that she does as well. So, and meet some of the other volunteers and join them. Um, even, I suppose, just to, um, just to help out with your, your Facebook posting and things like that. Yeah, we have, uh, um, look, we really have uh, a lot of different directions for volunteers, like in terms of, uh, marketing, in terms of publishing stuff, in terms of, uh, getting in touch with, uh, prospects or donors or caring people or our or soldiers in Ukraine in terms of, uh, you know, we run in uh, so many projects and uh, 
we need the project managers as well. Mm. Uh, it's it, it, it's a lot of work, a lot of opportunities, and uh, for those who need uh, or may need references, we also give uh, references. So it's uh, actually a good opportunity for student and for for anyone else who mm-hmm. cares. Yeah, and very very rewarding and, and satisfying work to know that that exactly. you are you are helping someone at such a um, such a critical level. So that's great. So um, find you just do a search for War Amps on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Uh, well, you can start from Google. Okay. Uh, uh, just punch uh, mm-hmm. Ukraine War Amps. In, in Google, we'll find a lot of mm-hmm. articles. We'll find actually Nash Holos as well mm-hmm. with uh, Ukraine WAM stories. And uh, you'll see us. You can go directly to Facebook and find our group there, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we, we are everywhere. Okay, so not won't be hard to find you. Ukraine war amps I can't forget Ukraine that. Ukraine war amps. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's great. For uh, PayPal and uh, e-transfer within Canada, people are welcome to use uh, Ukraine war amps at gmail dot com. Okay, our email address, okay. or just send us an email with questions. Right. Okay. Great. And for for pay, did you say PayPal? You're back on PayPal. Yeah. Yeah, back. We are back, yeah. Okay, all right. So then PayPal, e-transfer, to reach you is best via email or on... Facebook, uh, Instagram, or Twitter, you can uh, get in touch uh, with us there. Okay. So just just write your comment uh, under the post. Okay. Or failing that, if you want a little more private, then it's um, ukrainewaramps at gmail.com. That's correct. Okay, perfect. Oh, and you have a website. And we have a website, of course. Yeah. yeah. ca. Okay, really easy to remember then. Super. Mm -hmm. Well, Jane, thanks so much for doing the work that you do. Uh, I'm sure we're all praying that um, miracles do happen. And uh, you are performing miracles in the lives of the people who are affected by war and have been for the past eight years. And I imagine you will be for some time to come yet. So thank you again for what you do. Anybody listening, if you're so inclined to help out, um, make a donation of time or money or both. Uh, much appreciated. And um, again, thanks, Jean. We'll have you on again to get an update. Um, but uh, thank you again for sharing uh, this information and thank you for sharing your stories and for doing the work that you do. Thank you, Paul, for having me. Debbie Provence is Vice President of St. Mary's Ukrainian Orthodox Church in Parksville. And this coming weekend, the church will be holding a public vigil in support of uh, Ukraine. She joins me now to give us the details. Hi, Debbie. Yes. So, yes, at our church, which is St. Mary's, the Protectress is at 594 Carl's Way in Parksville. Mm-hmm. Um, Father Roman Sipkwan is going to come from Vancouver, and we're going to have a candlelight vigil and a service outside in front of our church. Oh. We have this lovely cross. Um, it's going to be at 7 o'clock, and uh, we're inviting everybody to come and attend and pray for peace with us. Everybody knows about the turmoil that's going on, and mm-hmm. our hearts are there with everyone. Yeah, 
Are there any members of your parish that are in, that have uh, family friends in Ukraine that are in touch with them? Yes, we do have uh, six families who have families in Ukraine, and Otet Tuplan also has his mom and oh dear dad and nephews, yeah. and so yeah, one of his nephews is a surgeon in Ukraine. In Kiev, uh-huh. in Kiev, and they won't let him leave. Oh. Um, his family was allowed to leave, so they're very worried about him. Oh, so, dear, of course. But yeah. everybody is worried about their family. Sure, there. sure, yeah, yeah. So uh, then the vigil itself is going to be held again on Friday? Friday, March the 4th at 7 o'clock. Okay. Yes. All right, and it's pretty easy to find the church. Yes, um, coming down the old highway, uh, there's a highway sign that says um, our name, St. Mary's, mm-hmm. and then you'll make a right-hand turn, and then it's a quick left onto Carl's Way, and we're at the very end of Carl's Way. Okay, and this, the address again, the number? Is 594. Okay, mm-hmm. Yeah, if they wanted to contact Colleen, she's our president. Mm -hmm. Um, Her phone number is Mm 250-240-1485. Okay, that's great. Thanks Thanks for that, Debbie. So so the candlelight vigil is at 7. It starts at 7. And so people should arrive with a candle or... Um, well, actually, we will have those uh, battery-operated candles to hand oh, out. Uh-huh. You know, people can bring their own candles, but I don't know how windy it's going to be. So right, right. the candles may not stay lit. So we are going to hand out those oh. little battery-operated candles. Oh, nice. Okay. And so all people have to do is just come show up and with a... Just come and show up and be present with us. Yes. Okay. And so it will be a fairly short service... Oh, yeah. Very short. Okay. Um, I don't know. We we will sing the national anthem mm-hmm. um, and Old Canada, mm-hmm. and then Otets will lead the service, mm-hmm. and there won't be any social gathering or anything like that after. Right. We will come, we'll gather, we'll pray, and go home. Okay. That's um, short and sweet, and I'm sure that uh, the prayers will resonate uh, to Ukraine, yeah. where they are yeah, much much needed. Yeah. So, so that's that's a wonderful gesture, Debbie. And uh, thanks for letting us know about it. And I uh, hope any listeners that uh, would like to show support to the people of Ukraine uh, to show up at uh, Saint Mary the Protectress Ukrainian Orthodox Church at five nine four Carl's Way in Parksville at seven p.m. this Friday. March the 4th. Thank you so much, Debbie. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Here is a group from Ukraine called Trioda with Ukraine's National Anthem. Усміхнеться доля, Звинуть наші волі женьки, Як роса на сонці, За 
милый братья, у своей душу и тело мы положим за нашу свободу и покажем, что мы братья. This Monday we had an uh, online conference with Maple Hope, Hope Foundation and Svetlana Kuminko about uh, create, creating Defend Ukraine Volunteer Battalion. You can listen to uh, this uh, recorded uh, meetings in the next part of our show. You're listening to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo with your host Oksana Poparajnik and yours truly, Pavlina. We're coming up to the top of the hour, so we'll take a short break to bring you some important messages. But stay tuned and we'll be back at 12 noon with part two of our show. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.